This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. So today I have Stephen with me, and welcome, Stephen. I'm so excited to have you on. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited, too. That's so cool. So why don't you just, yeah, back up, start from the beginning and, and let us know where it all started. Okay. So uh, when I was a kid, I grew up in a, um, in a, in a nice uh, upper middle class town on Long Island. Um, we had uh, good schools. I went to public school and I was an athlete uh, throughout middle school and high school. Never drank. I uh, never really drank in high school except maybe like one time my sophomore year. Um, I got wasted that time. I, I, I enjoyed it at the time, um, but it was just kind of a one-time thing. And I really didn't uh, didn't drink at all or do any drugs or anything like that until um, I graduated high school. So I was an athlete. I was, um, you know, a very um, a very good kid, a very clean kid uh, with a lot of things. I did wholesome things while I while I was a kid, and I had um, great parents. I had a lot of advantages. Um, so it was a, it was a good upbringing, and I and uh, you know. I can't complain. I mean, everything was was wonderful. Um, and then when I got into college, I mean, um, I did start drinking there, and I remember really enjoying it, um, thinking it was, uh, wow, this is great, you know. But it wasn't like um, the first time that I felt like, oh, this is what I should be doing. Um, it was, uh, you know, just something that I thought was a lot of fun. And I did it kind of just like everybody else. And I joined a fraternity and uh, I did some uh, cross country and track running in college. And I quit about uh, halfway through my sophomore year. And it was really, I mean, it was actually a good decision at the time anyway. Um, But, you know, I continued to be an athlete and and I continued to exercise and all that stuff. But I just wasn't part of the team at that time. And I joined a fraternity and, you know, it was kind of like uh, in some ways a a bit of a glorified drinking club, but it was um, actually kind of the norm where I was. I mean, you know, it's uh, to that uh, special status of alcohol that getting a hangover was, you know, this thing that, wow, you must have had fun last night or something. Yes. So there was that. And um, then uh, I really didn't notice that my drinking was actually starting to ramp up until after I turned 21 and I was in my senior year of college. And that was when I could buy liquor for myself. I could drink or buy beer for myself. It was really beer at the time. And I would just be able to drink it anytime that I wanted. And I noticed that right around my early 20s, you know, I would be drinking beer at times where normally I wouldn't. I would be drinking beer when I was alone sometimes, um, but still totally in control and in control throughout my 20s um, till maybe by the time I was 30, I think I was kind of a gray area drinker. I started to you know, be drinking rum and Cokes by myself and be getting, uh, be getting drunk and, you know, be thinking, why am I doing this? And, you know, not really having a good time doing it. So, you know, it changed very slowly over time. It was a, it was a slow slide uh, for me and it wasn't catalyzed by anything in particular. Um, but until uh, I was a father to be, um, when, when, uh, when I met my wife, um, we got pregnant after being together four months. Um, and it was really stressful for me. It was really, really a hard time to make the adjustments that I needed to make. And I was totally in love with her. And 
that, you know, hadn't happened. I mean, within the first few months of meeting anybody, I was trying really hard to meet somebody before I met my wife. I actually took a break from doing that because, uh, you know, I was doing dating websites and stuff before I met my wife. And I was taking a break from it because it was just, yeah, I met nice people, but it just, you know, it, like nothing ever really panned out uh, for the long term, even, you know, with trying. And I stopped trying. And then uh, lo and behold, I actually met my wife through a friend of a friend. And uh, we got pregnant, well, like uh, within four months. And it was scary to me um, because I didn't really know her. And um, the whole time I had to quickly adjust because I always wanted to get married and have a family. I mean, it was kind of something that I was sort of programmed to do, but it was something that appealed to me. Like, you know, um, I wanted to have children, um, but I just, you know, didn't really have the time to adjust. And I started drinking um, in earnest to relieve stress at that point. And my drinking really, really ramped up uh, at that time. And, um, you know, my wife had had some people who uh, had problems with alcohol in her family. And, um, you know, I think we all kind of do anyway, but, um, you know, some people who are close to her as well. And, you know, I think she started to recognize it first that my drinking was something that was off. And I remember this one time in particular, uh, and this was uh, maybe when my son was about a year old, but it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I remember just being totally wasted at the beach, uh, having rum runners at this beer, uh, this beach bar which was totally like a dream for me. I mean, like a bar by the beach and they had good food and everything. And the rum runners were really strong, you know, like a lot of liquor in them. And uh, I, I uh, remember, I kind of like, I raised my hand to her because I was angry with her, but like, you know, almost just in a manner to scare her. But it was like, you know, I, and, and, I, and I definitely didn't hit her, but like, you know, what she was saying was like, uh, you know, during that time, like, you know, I was scared that you were going to hit me. And I was thinking, well, I knew that I wasn't going to, but I'm just, it made me think like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like I'm being a tough guy now, you know, like with my wife, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, you start to, I don't know, you, you sink lower and lower and lower sometimes until you actually say, what, what the hell was that? Like, what kind of a person am I? What, what have I become? You know? Yeah. And so then I started to think, okay, well, my wife had probably for a couple of months before that, because it was getting worse and worse, she pleaded for me to start going to AA. And then I started going to AA. And they, uh, right after that happened, because it was kind of like a flashbulb thing for me. And then I struggled for about three years. I read Alan Carr's uh, Easy Way to Stop Drinking. I read um, uh, Craig Beck's um, Alcohol Lied to Me. Um, and I think it wasn't really, I, I know that your book had a lot of the same elements um, that were in those books and you had um, uh, borrowed and cited thoughts from some of those other books. But it, so it was kind of like a conglomeration of those things for me to like get that practice through my head again. But there was also some other research on what alcohol does to you. Um, and, uh, you know, I knew that you narrated it yourself and you seemed to be pretty into the whole thing. Like you were very believable in terms of what you were saying that you cared about it. And um, it was like, you know, it, removing that unconscious thing, the cravings stopped. And like after three years of struggling with it, and there was like a period of seven months where I tried to moderate and it was a disaster. Um, but after 
all of that time though was finally like you know the one thing that worked for me and i think i was moving along on the process um the whole time in some way um and sometimes i was ignoring it and i think i was actually backsliding but um you know once once i got through your book i listened to it about 10 times initially like seriously because i wanted to make sure i got it through my head because it was working and it's been about 7 months now and it's the longest it's ever been but it's not just that it's been effortless though it's been wonderful oh that's so cool wow what a cool story and i think that's i mean over and over i hear that like people listening to it multiple times there's a guy he's actually a doctor in the uk and he would put um parts of it on just repeat as he fell asleep and he's like that's what you know really worked you know just to get it very much embedded but that's wow what what a cool what a cool story so you know now um how are things like if you were going to go back and you know talk to the you of being afraid of having a baby with this woman you've only been dating for 4 months and you know like how are, how are things what would you tell him uh well i would tell him that uh like you're going to be a great father uh you're going to you're going to love your kids and it's uh if i had the 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 foresight or the um the hindsight i guess in order to be able to say it to him i'd say it's going to work out with your wife she's uh everything that you think that she might be in terms of being um, a wonderful person this is all for real and you're going to fall in love with her even more and uh you know um she's going to be a great mother so you're going to be okay and even if you didn't have all of those things you still should think about freeing yourself from drinking or whatever like yes it is a problem understand that it is a problem and understand that alcoholism is not really that binary and you don't have to be terrified to be an alcoholic or whatever you know it doesn't matter that's not the whole issue does it feel like a problem if it does then maybe it is and that not drinking is actually really awesome and drinking is really poison and uh, society loves it so much but like there's nothing really special about it you don't really know how good you can feel you know? yeah yeah oh, that's so cool and how have your friends been uh my friends have been pretty supportive um i have uh one friend who's been um you know been very very much going through this journey with me actually it's funny with him because um and you know we'll get get into some other people and what happens with them but with this guy um he was drinking uh he could drink like 20 miller lights in a day uh my friend and you know he would not get drunk i mean he was a uh, um at the time he was probably he's lost a bunch of weight cuz he quit drinking and you know started eating better but he was about 230 pounds at the time and you know he could drink um 20 like 22 miller lights not even get like a buzz and you know he drink them throughout the day but if he tried to drink them faster it would be hard for him to get drunk cuz he had a lot of tolerance and he was a pretty big guy and uh i think at that point you know um he wasn't really having as much trouble like you know blackout like hangover or something like that um you know his wife like pleaded with him you know it affecting his ability to uh you know be like present uh as much you know be be as as good of a father as he could could be and maybe it was to some degree but um it was what people would call less of a problem than i had and he wanted to control alcohol 
Uh, so he saw, you know, the cover of the book or whatever, uh, or the cover of the audible thing says control alcohol. It's a book you buy to control alcohol. And if you read the reviews, you get an idea that most of the people want to quit or whatever. Um, but he said that it kind of hypnotized him into quitting actually. So, um, he was at a year and I just celebrated one year with him and, uh, there was a sales, um, I think it was sales uh, podcast that he actually just sent me a link to that you were featured on the podcast and the uh, interviewers uh, had read this naked mind. And I believe they stopped drinking as well. I listened to the podcast. I don't know if they did for good, but it definitely oh. changed your attitude. Was it the grind maybe? Yeah, that, that was, yeah, it. That that was, was it. really a fun one. That was a cool one to do. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's into sales. He's a sales guy. So he's been great because like, you know, he was showing me like, you know, uh, well, here's another example of somebody who you can talk to. And he's, 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 he's my best friend. I mean, he's, he's been my best friend for years. Uh, but he would say, you know, I would look at, look at him and say, yeah, he didn't even have what uh, society would call a problem or whatever. And, you know, um, and actually nobody really even knew that I had a problem. My, my wife knew me, she knew what was up. I mean, she knows me better than just about anybody. And she was spending a lot of time with me. And, knew me well enough then you know what I mean and she saw the ugly side of me too when I was drinking so she was right uh so it's been great and like my other friends I mean you know um what well there was one incident where um when I was trying to moderate I actually had to go to the hospital to uh because I think my blood alcohol content was a little bit too high and you know my responses weren't satisfactory right so uh you know to say that I was okay and so you know I I I used to identify also with being an alcoholic and that I was going to AA. So, you know, when the things that I would tell people, they knew, Hey, some things were really going on like with him. So they're very, my friends are all very supportive, but uh, they've given, um, they've given my, my friend Bruce, they've given him a lot of, uh, a, a lot of hassle for him quitting or whatever, because uh, you know, they, there's no, oh, well, you're an alcoholic, you know, you don't get to have as much fun or something. So they can't, they can't do that with him, you know, to make, make themselves feel better. He was just a guy who decided drinking's making me fat. It's making me sluggish. I'm getting hangovers. It's taken about half the week to do this. I'm not even really getting drunk. And like, I just don't enjoy it anymore. Is what he thought. I've literally had people tell me like that, even though they don't feel like they're an alcoholic, they want to say that to their friends because their friends react so much better. There's so much more support when we feel like, okay, we know how to deal with that. Like just put you in a box. We can feel kind of sorry for you, but it doesn't have anything to do with us because there's this segment and, and you know, but I'm not. So it's this us them thing. Whereas if one of us stops, like you say, your friend, then it's this whole different dynamic that people really struggle with. Right, right. And now I don't identify with being an alcoholic anymore. Uh, but I will say that I had a drinking problem. And I think to most people, uh, it's the same thing. But yeah. to me, it's to me, it's not. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess it sounds a little nicer. But uh, it, it, I don't need it for my ego, though. Because honestly, like, um, when people perceive what you're saying, it's really about what's in, in their ego. And the truth is, that um, I did have a drinking problem, you know? So um, with uh, my friend, um, he, he um, doesn't want to say it because it's really just not true. You right. know I mean? he, he feels like he can't and I respect that. You know, I think that's 
excellent for him, you know, to be. And I think it's, it's so, it's so powerful too, you know, in a way, because like for me, certainly I, drinking was problematic. Like it was a problem. Like I was definitely, you know, even if it wasn't really truly physically addicted, I was definitely emotionally addicted, definitely psychologically addicted. And so, you know, I was certainly addicted to alcohol. Um, but when somebody stops drinking, because I've had a lot of people randomly, you know, read my book for a friend or a friend of a friend, and then, and then they decide, I'm not going to drink anymore. Um, it is really powerful because I think that that's where people do stop and take a lot of notice. You know, it's not that they're like, wait a second, you're just, you're just making this as like a, a good, healthy choice. You know, that's, that's a really different thing. And that's really cool. I love to see that. Sure. And on the topic of health, um, my health has improved so much since I stopped drinking. Um, I, I've not been drinking for a full on seven months, uh, but I think maybe, I don't know, my spirit and my attitude has changed um, since, since reading This Naked Mind. It, was, it clicked for me. And, um, you know, I started exercising uh, very regularly. Um, I, I, uh, my hip, my doctor told me that I have, um, some early onset arthritis in my hip and I'm 37 years old. So I said to myself, well, I really like running and I, you know, I've always been like a fast runner. I used to run in college and stuff. And, you know, I've, I've been always been kind of heavy for being a runner, um, you know, for, for as fast as I was able to go. So I've always been pounded on my joints for many years and, you know, running's a little rough on your joints. So I thought maybe I should, you know, if I want to keep doing this for a while or whatever, I should lose some weight. So, you know, I went on a diet before I went run, started running again. Cause I thought trying to lose weight while I was running, I was just going to get injured or something. But anyway, I, um, I went on a diet. Um, lost about uh, 22 pounds um, total since I since I've been um, uh, you know since I've been alcohol free, and um, you know I've just been uh, exercising regularly. The sleep I get is so much better. If anything, I sleep less because I spend a lot of time like making my own food and stuff like that. So I eat better nutritionally. But um, you know I I used to need so much more sleep, or I used to feel so much more sluggish, and now it's like even five hours will do it for me, and it's like sustainable. I get the greatest sleep now. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I had um, two young kids when I was drinking a lot, and I remember the ages where they weren't sleeping through the night just being literally torture. Like from a you know, and I was just thinking like nobody can survive this. This is miserable. This makes me absolutely a horrible human. And then, you know, my daughter just turned a year. And so this past year, she hasn't been sleeping through the night the entire time. And it's been in fits and spurts and stuff. But it doesn't even matter. Like, it doesn't affect me at all. I can wake up three or four times with her and still wake up fine, you know? And I'm like, wow, what's, what's the difference? Because, by the way, the, the gap between my son is nine and my daughter is one. So it's a nine-year gap. So I was 30 when I had my son. And I was, I'm going to be 40 this year. So my age is like, would say I should be, I should have less energy. I should need, you know, but it's the exact opposite. I have so much more energy, which is so cool. And you, and you just right. seem to be like, just looking at you, you seem to be so incredibly healthy, like um, just, you know, very fit and uh, yeah, you can just tell. And I think mainly where I can always tell, and I look at old photos of myself is in the eyes, you know? presence yeah. and the clarity in the eyes and you just can really tell that sometimes I feel like I'm almost have some 
sense too when you walk into a room and you can kind of look at people and I'm like oh I bet that person doesn't drink I can just literally in their eyes notice like they're just not a drinker wow wow that's cool yeah so this is awesome um is there any you know any other things that that you want to share like any advice or any any things that just really have helped you along the journey well, uh, one thing that I want to share that's just uh, amazing is, um, and I never really knew about this until I was quit for, uh, I don't know, about maybe four or five months, I started really feeling it, even three, um, is that like, uh, and, and earlier than that too, it's just there was a lot of brain fog and a lot of ups and downs. And actually, I kind of want to get into that too, because that's, that's on the, in, more in the advice category. But when you get to you know a little bit of time uh not drinking so your body kind of has a chance to recover a little bit and adjust um and your mind does as well uh you know the ability to experience joy um and you went over that a lot in your book it's totally true like drinking like steals your joy and just about any addiction steals your joy too and i used to be addicted to uh, nicotine i was smoking those e-cigarettes you know before i quit uh, uh, before I quit drinking. And I, I think when about 18 days after I quit drinking, I stopped smoking the e-cigarettes. I went cold turkey on the nicotine. And it was kind of because I wanted to get over that I need something kind of feeling. And it made it actually made things a lot easier. But um, to be like addiction free, the ability to experience joy is something that I think was just slowly taken away from me, like health, um, like, you know, getting fat, like feeling sluggish, like, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I just never really realized like how wonderful it was because the last time, you know, I, I had this kind of like drug-free everything going on was before, you know, I quit drinking was uh, when I was like um, maybe 20 years old or something like that, a little bit younger. So um, the ability to experience joy is wonderful. And, you know, I just being with my kids, I mean, they're ages four and two, like I enjoy it a lot more and um, they can be totally annoying and, you know, like whatever, you know, they give me like a hassle, but like, um, uh, like, honestly, it's like, it, it's like, who cares? You know, like, I just, I'm not as stressed out. I like, I, I, I love like the experiences that I have in life. I'm like falling in love with the process of doing certain things or whatever, you know? And um, I wrote a post uh, on your on your blog to get into, you know, just that brain fog kind of stuff at about six months quit. I think it was my six month uh, anniversary or somewhere around there. And um, I wrote about the two month fog and how there were just periods of time where I had brain fog and felt like crap, like two months after quitting. And I don't know, you know, there's physical and then there's psychological addiction and all of this stuff. But I think kind of when your brain just might take a little bit longer to adjust sometimes and you know it's in terms of thought and like your experience uh sometimes you have like a little bit of ups and downs and i wrote about um just how they they go away and like so if you're going through one of those periods and you're at two months um or three months or whatever um think about like like mark this in your mind and then write it out until it goes away because it will and remember that and store that in your memory think about it think about how you felt the whole time and when it went away 
because that's what's always going to happen. It's always going to, you know, if, if it happens and you get hit a trough for a little while, you're, it's going to go away and it's going to give way to better days. And you have to remember that because every single time it happens. And when you say, oh, yeah, that's going to happen, then the next time that that happens, you remember it and it's no big deal. You're not like, uh-oh, is this what not drinking is really going to be like, you know, until how long? How long do I have until this goes away? It's like, well, it'll always go away and then it'll just go away for good and now i'm at seven months now it's not really a lot of time but i knew two weeks into this quit that i was done which like i mean uh, you know as an addict somebody who's been an addict for a really long time i've quit smoking so many times in my life and i've quit drinking a whole bunch of times too um but like uh i i mean i could never trust myself with something like that at two weeks it was ridiculous you know but it just my mindset was changed. I didn't crave it anymore. And I just think it's just a bunch of shiz. So, like, you know, and I thought that at two weeks, you know, so. Oh, that's so awesome. And I think it's such an important topic because um, we do. I mean, who knows how long it takes for us to adjust? Who knows how long it takes for our brains and our bodies to get kind of our mojo back? And who knows what other stuff that we've been drinking to numb that comes up that we actually have to deal with and get through. And so I think like that advice is just huge, massive. And yeah, that's awesome. I really appreciate that because I think people really need to hear that. Uh, so often, you know, people who are really kind of telling their stories they have been more than six months more than a year and so yeah at some point it does become you know all just sparkles and <laughs> joy but there is a time there where it is a massive adjustment and i think it's something that we don't probably talk about enough you know yeah yeah okay. and now i feel like since my unconscious has been convinced um through repetition i think i needed to listen more than once uh, but now that it's been convinced, I could have like the worst year like ever or whatever. And I'm, I'm not drinking like no way. I went to a wedding on this past St. Pat's Day. And, um, you know, they it was at an old um, like an old saloon, like this historic bar place or whatever um, in, uh, in in Massachusetts, like uh, where um, they, they, they do weddings and functions and stuff like that on St. Pat's Day. And, you know, it was like the, the, the drinkiest like event that I could possibly think of. And, you know, some of my friends got wasted, a few of them, you know, most people just, you know, drank, drank their share, like for St. Pat's Day. Um, and it was a great setup because, you know, in Boston, the bars are always like so packed on St. Pat's Day too, you know. And, um, you know, I, I should certainly mention that the people who were getting married were really great people too. Um, and, you know, my, my wife and I was kind of um, like, we're, um, we're friends with them, but we're not like super close with them. So we could have ended up going or or not really. So there was no like obligation to just kind of make the rounds and talk to everybody and make sure that we tell uh, the, the bride and groom's family what a wonderful time it was or whatever. But I took that time to just spread like love and joy because I was feeling good. Like I enjoyed myself a lot. I saw everything that was going on. I danced like, uh, you know, like, like a dork or whatever. I like enjoyed it so much, you know what I mean? I had so much fun. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I am a lot more fun and I'm a lot more funny and I dance better and like whatever, you know, when I'm sober. Um, 
and I went, you know, I made sure to go and tell everybody, you know, we're wonderful. This is a great venue, whatever. Like, yeah, okay, I don't drink or whatever. But it was a great venue. It was actually like, you know, really kind of cool, like historic, uh, um, like saloon spot or whatever. Like, you know, just so, I mean, just to uh, tell everybody, you know, thank you so much for having us. You know, just all of the things that I just, I don't know, I would have just numbed myself out from like, you know, being on my game or whatever and just been like a drunk guy on St. Pat's Day, like, you know, at a wedding. And like you said, it homogenizes life. It just puts you like in a haze. Like, who cares what you're doing? You're drunk, you know? So right. no, no more of that is wonderful, you know? Even on that day, especially on that day. Yeah, exactly. It's the things that you think are gonna be the hardest that end up being like, this is really fun. Like I, you know, if people are like, I'm never gonna get through this vacation or whatever. And you're like, actually vacations are still the best <laughs> even yeah. more so right yeah so are. cool that's so awesome um so i kind of asked you this question already and we've kind of been through it but i'm gonna ask you again because i always finish with this question but like if you could go back and and just tell yourself about you know what life is like on on this other side what what would you tell yourself before you quit i don't think i would have believed me but I'll tell, I'll say it. Yeah. Um, I would have, I would have said, uh, quitting drinking seems like it's going to be hard and it seems like it's going to be, uh, something that you'll, you'll be deprived of now, uh, something that you might want to do, but really, uh, you, you don't want to do it. You can get to a spot where you actually really don't want to do it. Uh, you don't crave it. And, um, think about, um, you know, if you're having, since you're having problems with drinking, think about the fact that, um, you know, if you quit drinking, like that would be good, right? But why would you feel like you still need to drink? Um, you know, all of those re other reasons, um, you know, that are aside from you, they're all for other people, um, you know, fitting in socially and all of that stuff, um, you know, uh, that people think it's weird, like if you don't want to drink or something like that. Um, honestly, it's just been such a, um, a blessing not to have to drink that um, I don't really care if anybody thinks that it's weird or whatever. I just don't even want to deal with it. And so, you know, you can feel like your future self and you're actually going to enjoy it. And you're going to be carefree and it's going to make you able to do things that, um, you never really thought that you could do in terms of self-discipline, having energy, like you're just going to feel a lot better. You're going to be yourself. You don't even know who yourself really is because you've been drinking for so long. Oh, that's so cool. It gives me chills. That's just awesome. So good. Well, thank you so much. I, I love your story. I think, I don't know, you have such a good presence and energy and just great like vibes. And I just really, really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much for showing up and, and telling it. And I know that, you know, it's just going to be super impactful for a lot of people. So uh, thank you. And, and I, I enjoyed this conversation too. And I want to tell you, Annie, that uh, you've helped me out a lot in, in my life. And, um, you know, you are one of my uh, personal heroes, like in life, you know, you're on the short list. Um, you know, what you're doing here is, is really amazing. And, uh, you know, I mean, just the fact that, uh, you know, I, you wrote a book and I picked it up and read it and you helped me so much. Um, I'm just one of those people, you know, I, you could just, uh, I mean, one after the other, after the other, you know, you have a lot of readers. So thank you. Thank you. That thanks. I'm not good at accepting it, but I really do appreciate it. It means a lot. So I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you.
This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.